Good evening, and welcome to the Monday, June 26, 2023, meeting of the Sacramento Ethics Commission. It is now 5.31 p.m., and I am calling the meeting to order. Will the clerk please call the roll to establish a quorum? Thank you. Commissioner Gomez? Here. Commissioner Adams? Present. Commissioner Velasquez? Present. Commissioner Ng? Here. And Chair Underwood? Present. All right, we have no members of the public in chambers, so I don't need to give that um, direction. For, um, for members of the public who wish to join virtually, please refer to the agenda for the Zoom link. And once you have joined the meeting and wish to speak, raise your hand to provide public comment. If you are online, click on raise hand at the bottom of your screen. In the mobile app, you can raise your hand by tapping the raise hand option in the more tab. And if you're calling in via telephone, dial star nine. Then to unmute or mute, dial star six. Speakers will be called on by the last four digits of their phone number. You will have two minutes to speak once you are called on. After the first speaker, we will no longer accept speaker slips and the raise hand feature in Zoom will be disabled. We will now proceed with today's agenda. Our first business today is approval of the consent calendar. The consent calendar consists of the meeting minutes, the complaint log, and the follow-up log. Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on the consent calendar? Chair, I have no hands raised to make comment on the consent calendar. Okay, are there any commissioners who wish to speak on this item? Oh, I see Mr. Lindsay has something to say. Yes, yes if I may, Chair, I just wanted to draw your attention to the complaint log that on it are the two items that were of concern to the commission at the last meeting. So if the, um, any commissioners wanted to maybe take that item off of the consent and discuss it, I just wanted to make sure that all commissioners were aware of that. Thank you. Um, Commissioner Gomez. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of the one I wanted to follow up on and get clarification on next steps. Okay, well, before we get to that, um, on the minute, meeting minutes, um, I have a correction, which is that under commissioners present, it lists Nicole Velasquez twice. And she was only here once, so. Thank um, you. You need to fix that. That's minor, but worth taking care of. Um, Okay, so should we consider these items separately then? I, I, oh, if I'm, I, just, um, I just mentioned the, the, those items in case anyone from the uh, commission actually would like to do that. I, I didn't know if everyone was aware. I know it's on the, um, the log, but I didn't know that it necessarily jumped out to everyone. So I just wanted to make sure that everyone was aware so everyone was in a position knowledge-wise if they wanted to raise any issues to do so. And the, the font on the complaint log is really tiny too <laughs> when you print it out. Um, so does anybody want to 
Commissioner Gomez, is that what you wanted to talk about? We're talking about Lololi's complaints? Yes. So I don't know how to, yes, can we pull that formally so that way we can hear from Gary um, around follow-up for that? Yeah, there's no need to pull it. If you want to ask questions on anything on the consent calendar, then we can still vote on it as a whole unless you want to vote on it separately if you had a different vote from the remainder of the consent calendar. Okay. Can we get clarification on? Oh, yes. If you want to, sorry. If you want to discuss it, you could go ahead and do so. Ultimately, you might form a motion, might do a motion that ultimately, as um, Madam Clerk has said, approves the entire uh, consent calendar or does it in a piecemeal fashion. Uh, I would say, for instance, with this issue with the complaint log, it might, you might be an opportunity to express um, whether or not, for instance, you would. Um, wouldn't be a formal request, but suggest to the clerk to maybe consider sending it on to the independent evaluator, that sort of thing. Okay. Um, so just thank you. So in terms of the my understanding of the recap, can we discuss it right now? Yes. Okay. My understanding of the recap from our last meeting was that, um, you know, when I was looking at the complaint log, yep, um, uh, most of the complaints had um, an understanding of where they were referred to, so that way we had a clear sense of next step. And so what we lifted up in the last meeting was that the complaints around City Council Member Lololi did not have a clear sense of, of next step, and so we wanted to get clarity on what happened with those complaints, so uh, maybe there's more to this than that, but it would be helpful to understand what the status of the that complaint is since it has been um, quite a bit since they submitted, and then if there's additional consideration around action we should be taking. Right, and there are actually two complaints that seem to be involving the same behavior, perhaps. Yeah, and I one can, by the daughter and one by the mother. And I can speak to disposition. So on those two items, 2023-004 and 2023-003, they were um, received and both dismissed for lack of jurisdiction. In this instance, they were not referred because um, in this instance, I believe I consulted um, some a few folks and their claim would need to probably be litigation. And so that's not something that I'm prepared to advise upon. So would it make sense to say to them, not to tell them to pursue litigation, but to say that we're not aware of any city department that would handle what they're alleging? That's correct. Our, our, and I can be happy to send my, my template letters to you. Basically, it said this is not underneath the jurisdiction of the Ethics Commission. Here is what is under the earth. A jurisdiction of the Ethics Commission, so this falls outside of that scope. But it wouldn't be, um, I, I don't think that it would be, I'm not qualified to recommend that they go elsewhere um, because it's likely that litigation is their next path, um, and that's not something I'm qualified to advise upon. Right. So for instance, if you look at the top one, um, 2023005, it's an instance that I referred to code enforcement because it's something they could assist with, and that would be the, the appropriate path. Yeah, so no, I, I totally understand that it's not appropriate to refer them to litigation, but it seems like there ought to be some way to say we don't know of any other city um, 
department that would be, you know, that you could bring this to, or, you know, something to the effect that we're not just shining them on, that we're saying, since normally if there's any place to refer them to, to refer a complaint to, we do refer it. It seems like it would be nice to say we don't have any place in some fashion. I don't know. The city attorney could draft the language, but something to the effect of we don't have any place else to refer this to. Commissioner Gomez. Um, yeah, I just worry that um, putting the onus on community to file a lawsuit against the city as the only means by which they can indicate that they have a claim of sexual harassment against a council member is problematic. Um, so the city has no, whether through the ethics commission or a sexual harassment policy or otherwise, means by which community can seek redress outside of a lawsuit. I don't know what's happened necessarily in the past. Um, this might be a question for you, Mindy, about whether or not anything has ever been, if anyone has ever been pointed in the direction of um, risk management, given that uh, if someone is going to sue, then typically they're going to have to file a claim and go through risk first before they could actually have a, a right to sue. Does that make sense? That's I would a, think that'd be a legal question for you. That but I don't know if a, that's Does a member of the public have the right to um, file a, a sexual harassment claim about a city employee? No, what I'm saying is I don't know if in the past if anyone's ever been as a matter of fact or not. Not that I know of. Well, we can discuss that. Commissioner Gomez. Um, so I, I understand that the ethics scope is... Um, oftentimes specific to certain areas, but I'm also reviewing like 4.02.030. City employees shall treat their officer position as a public trust. City power and resources shall be used for the benefit of the public rather than personal benefit. And I know in the past we've reviewed information like about using social media, et cetera. But if there is not another venue in the city that is appropriate, then I think that we should consider what the scope of the ethics commission looks like to move forward on this. If we are the best option, then we should be utilized as that option, and the city should think about what their process is for this moving forward. But I think not letting perfect get in the way of good um, in terms of moving forward on a claim that's made by community is important. So to be clear, my proposal is if the city does not have a specific venue to point this community member to now, I think that we should use the independent evaluator and move forward with that process. And then I recommend whatever verb I'm supposed to use here, <laughs> that the city also provides a proposal on how they're going to direct community members in the future when this inevitably does come up that's not, hey, you have to file a lawsuit against the city. Anybody else? Have any comments? No. So I'm gonna walk. I'm gonna walk me through this. Um, if in this example, if we don't have the resources to redirect them to another 
um, office with the risk that it's not actually who they do need because we don't we're not knowledgeable and we don't have that kind of resource let's say that is wrong um, wherever we redirect them to um, in this case if there's nowhere if either way we decide that we're going to continue and just let them know it's not us um, or they come back later and say we went that other route and that was wrong they can't help me either uh, you're saying that we have our independent evaluator assess the need and look at what office if there is an office that would be um, qualified to do that to sort of kind of funneling all of those miscellaneous um, no to assess the claim itself so to actually review the claim that this in, that this community member is making um, and if it has any validity to it um, and then on a parallel path that the city review what the city is going to do in terms of uh, sexual harassment claims moving forward assuming that the ethics commission is not the best place for it then there needs to be a very clear next step for community around where they go okay so the independent evaluator would look at it if there is some concern again doesn't fall under us then they would present it to us and we would at, somehow get that forwarded to the right office or we just say okay well then then the the city needs to figure out in those kinds of cases well in that so in that situation they'd still the person would still need assistance we're still back to it's not us um yes but at least we're moving forward on building trust and moving uh a sense of is this a valid claim or not because we're already working back from i have to go back to the agenda april i think when this was submitted yes. and i just think that it's important for us to take next steps okay. on uh, concerns that okay. folks have indicated and it's clear that there's not a clear sense of what happens uh -huh. in these types of situations which i think is okay but what's not okay is not to move forward in some way even if it's not the perfect way um on uh potentially valid concerns that community has around council members okay and then we would just assume that that office is going to pick that up and, and what office the wherever the city to make up the rule that it, somebody needs to address it well what's helpful is that there's accountability here with us so it's it, like assuming that we move forward with the independent evaluator this would come back to us and so we would be able to hold some level of accountability to say hey city of sacramento what are you doing about this here's what we learned from the independent evaluator we learned that there is a valid claim what are you going to do about it if there's not some sort of sexual harassment policy within the city um, so at the very minimum we as accounts we as a commission can say hey what's going on here and we, if we don't find anything we can go to the city council and say this is what we did and we're finding we have concerns about this from an ethics perspective um uh, on the on the i wouldn't say best end but like let's say the independent evaluator says we did not find this claim valid and here's why well okay at least we did look into it and we haven't just let this sit and not go anywhere so devil's advocate here so it, in your first scenario when um we if it goes that far we tell the city hey somebody needs to look at this um we go through click uh, clerk mindy and she would let somehow be that channel to let them know we want them to look at this is that how that works um, that's a great question and i probably will look to our city attorney so our independent evaluation evaluator um they're going to do a preliminary review 
So they're not gonna look into the allegations it's, itself. Their prelim, preliminary evaluation is going to say, if this is all true, is this a violation of ethics law? And so I would assume that they're gonna look on, at this and say this is not a violation of ethics law, nor is it under the scope of this commission. So the preliminary evaluation is gonna come back and say, um, e even if this is true, um, it's not an ethics law violation. Um, and I recommend that you dismiss the complaint. I'm just assuming that's what he would say um, because this isn't something that's under the purview of this commission. He would not investigate um, any of the allegations themselves. Um, so he would not look into what happened, what was said, or the, in the situation itself. Well, that's good to know because then it's really just on the surface. It's not, mm -hmm. it's not, I mean, how, how, if it's only looked at on the surface, then how? Um... Does the scope of the contract with the independent evaluator only indicate that they can only review ethics law? Because if not, then is there the opportunity to uh, pursue this case like with the independent evaluator like a little bit outside of their scope on just ethics law? I can address that, uh, Commissioner Gomez. It's that the procedures, what's required of the independent evaluator as far as the procedures of the commission. I think you bring up two issues. I would, I would like to address the latter, having to do with prospectively and say maybe future claims of sexual harassment having to do with council members, that sort of thing. That um, that's something that you could at least attempt to address in recommendations to the council as to, um, by, by the commission itself, not as an individual, but as a commission. Um, as to the scope of what should be the scope of the Ethics Commission. I, I can't remember if the annual recommendations to the Council have already happened or not, but that's a minimum as far as recommendations to Council is that it happened at least once during the year, not that only one happened. So if that's, if it's an issue of significant concern to the Ethics Commission, that is something that the Ethics Commission could actually uh, specifically address to the City Council as a concern and provide recommendations and even considering maybe um, amending the scope of the Ethics Commission in that regard. Thank you for saying that. Um, I, I did the first, uh, the second part of what you said earlier, um, I just wanted to put out there when I said playing devil's advocate is that by accepting the complaint and giving that to the um, independent evaluator, um, and they providing their feedback, whether or not they think there is validity or not, are we thereby setting a precedence that we, those do now come to us and we will have that person look at those no matter on what level they're looking at? Um, I am a little concerned about that too. That's just for later, that's you know down the line, but that's another part that I'd be concerned about. And, and I can follow up with internal staff because um, they, they could file a claim um, I'm not sure how that path would, would go. We do have a whistleblower hotline um, and don't know with an outside person if someone, you know, filed a sexual harassment claim against an employee, you know, where that would go. You know, if a member of the public, um, do they go to HR or is that litigation? I don't know the answer to that. So I can do some research and find out. But if the independent evaluator, if we sent this to the independent evaluator and he, all he does is say, Assuming that everything in the complaint is true, the, the Ethics Commission still does not have jurisdiction, which that's basically what you said. That's correct. And 
I guess so the only question is, is it possible that he would look at this and find that there was jurisdiction? I don't know. I suspect not, but maybe that's what we want I to I typically find consult with our, our attorneys when I make a, a determination, um, to, unless it's crystal clear. Um, I typically reach out, and oftentimes I do reach out to the independent evaluator to say, you know, this is my, what I believe this should be dismissed for lack of jurisdiction. You know, will you take a peek yeah. and let me know? I oftentimes I use I, our attorneys. I, well, I'll divulge for the purposes of furthering business, attorney-client privilege. I looked at this one, too, and I didn't believe that there was jurisdiction in this particular matter. Uh, but I think something that Mindy and I can do is take a second look to see if we could figure out if there's any particular place to tell, or suggest, I should say, not tell, the um, complainant that, uh, well, I guess she could uh, potentially direct her complaint or redirect her complaint, or if we can if see some place we could send it. Um, when is our next meeting? Did we have a we have a large recess at some point? Do or? not have a July meeting. Okay, our just. Yeah, I'm unless just wondering we, in terms unless of... Unless we want to try to schedule an extra meeting, which um, Mindy's shaking her head at. We, uh, we actually closed chambers in July for council recess and then for carpet cleaning, technology upgrades, so we don't schedule commission meetings in July. Yeah, and just the reason I ask is um, uh, I, I, I love that um, and being able to follow up with them with every, like a clear suggestion <laughs> around like here is... Uh, the city council's process around this. Um, I'm just wondering in terms of timeline, we're already like far out in terms of when they submitted this. Can we commit to a, a timeline around this? Because we're not gonna see you all again for a period of time that's kind of significant. Yeah, absolutely. This is something that wouldn't come back to you. Um, we can report back to what we did. Um, I can reach out to a couple places to in the city to see where a, a path could be. I'll consult with, with Mr. Lindsay, um, and then we can reach out to the complainant to give them that information as appropriate. It wouldn't require a commission vote. Correct. It would. would I'm sorry. A, it would not require a commission vote. So it, yeah, it I, I understand that. It's more just like this is our intake process, and so that like folks are utilizing it, and therefore like we are accountable to the efficacy of like how community views their utilization of the ethics commission and so we want to make sure that we're getting back to people even if it's this is not the appropriate way so in some ways like we are accountable to the timeline around like they submitted on 422 what is the next step for that community member even if um, it isn't necessarily the ethics commission that's producing the the next steps for them so Lindsay can I ask you a question uh, yeah. Can you uh, explain, I think I'm confusing myself, can you explain the difference because they, they, the, the elected official would be an employee. The, the complainant is a public um, mm -hmm. employee, of, uh, a person of the public. Um, but the, uh, the office, the elected official is still an employee um, I, I feel like in my job, if somebody were to complain on me um, that wasn't an employee, HR would still be coming to me about that. How does that, what's the difference as far as City of Sacramento? It, it, not concerned, they're elected, they're not an employee, but the, 
the, the, what's going on here is that the enumerated um, relevant um, ethics related laws as far as the city code and so on, it doesn't seem to fall under any of, the, the circumstance doesn't seem to fall under any of those. Oh. So, okay. So that goes for instance to what I was mentioning with uh, Commissioner Gomez that maybe the commission will decide that um, it should be recommended to the council that the scope of the commission be expanded, for instance, the sub as far as subject matter. Okay, um, Commissioner Gomez, you had something else? Sorry, Sorry just canceled. <laughs> okay. Commissioner Adams. I am curious, in hearing the conversation, I have a feeling the answer might be no, and I do like the idea of um, putting forth a recommendation of expanding the scope, and I'm glad that we're actually going to have a conversation about recommendations later on today. Um, but one thing I was, I am just curious of, is if there's any leverage that we could use in, um, you know, we are going to, and we're also going to do this later on today, weigh in on the law firms used um, by the city to investigate sexual harassment claims. If, if there's any way we can leverage that duty to investigate things like this. Well, I, I can. At the moment, no, because there, even though there's the weighing in on the law firms, there's nothing additional in the code having to do with the ethics commission beyond that in the realm of sexual harassment. That, that's, that might be, for instance, something to add and mention is, you know, as a recommendation and why there should be an expansion if, if the commission ultimately has a majority view that there should be a recommendation for expansion in that area subject matter. Understood, thank you. Yeah, I just uh, want to follow up on those questions. So if we already dismissed the case and now we're going back and say, let's look at it again. So, so that means to say I, the club has already made the decision, and then we are saying, okay, no stop. So would it be more efficient to have us look at, I mean, if, if cases like this come up again, would it be more efficient for us to know about the case before we say, well, let's take a look again? You know what I'm saying? So this is like, okay, the decision is made. And we just say, you know, two months later, then we say, no, let's take a look at it again. So I just want to know, you know, what's the better way to do? Practical perspective, um, Commissioner Ng, what you're addressing is maybe, and this is, would maybe be a change in the procedures so that instead of, for instance, the complaint log as it's currently in the procedures, it's something you find out after the fact. Maybe instead if it's changed so that you see what's incoming, if that makes sense, to comment upon, to be able to comment upon uh, complaints as they're coming in before they're ultimately, uh, before there's a decision made at the clerk, by the clerk in the first place. So, so this one, maybe you would have known about it before there's a decision being made about whether or not it's gonna go to the independent evaluator or not, and at that time be able to comment upon it because what's happening right now with the plain log is actually how 
the procedures are currently set up, but that doesn't mean that they have to remain that way. So when these, um, these two complaints from back in April, when they were dismissed by you, did you, you sent out a letter to the complainant saying this is dismissed for yes. lack of jurisdiction? Yes, that's correct. So what you're saying, Mr. Lindsay, is that now if we reopen it, can, can we even do that if it's already been dismissed? Well, there's, there's technically nothing against it, but that's, uh, that it, for instance, what, what I would say is that um, with the Ethics Commission and going on over the years and that sort of thing, I think one thing that also spurred, for instance, amendments maybe within the last year and so on is that you come across certain situations and it seems like... Um, the procedures never envision that particular situation, but you want to be able to, now that you know that that's a possibility of how things might play out as a practical matter, then you want to amend the procedures to address them accordingly and be able to catch situations like that as you move forward uh, prospectively. I think this might be one of those times. So we could make a motion to change the way the procedure is with the complaint live? Well, it would be, we would have one recommendation. You know, well, I'm not sure off the top of my head what the status is with the committees, but ultimately what you'd want to have is um, a hearing where it's been placed on the agenda for changes to the procedures and then vote upon the change procedures. So if I may, I think uh, what Mr. Lindsay is saying is that you could, on any of these items on the complaint log, this is why I present the log to you at every meeting, you could say, please pull that off. I don't agree with your um, recommendation, city clerk. Um, you, you dismiss this for lack of jurisdiction, but I think there's jurisdiction. Um, you could do that and ask me to send that to the independent evaluator. We could further um, amend the procedures to say I send everything to the independent evaluator and that person makes that call. Um, but what the current procedures do is they give me the authority to do an initial review um, and say it is not under the purview of the commission. You know, here's, the, here's your scope. Um, it doesn't fall, even if this was entirely accurate, it doesn't fall under the scope of your commission. Um, and so let's, you know, not pay an independent evaluator to, to review that um, and say it's not under your scope. Um, however, we can change the procedures to, to do it any way you wish. Um, I could even bring complaints to this body, um, and you could make that determination if you wanted those procedures edited for that. Um. Ultimately, I have to think about it a little. It may be as simple as we have the complaint log currently this, that is um, essentially um, dispositions, but it might be that under the procedures, you have the complaint log be not just dispositions, but also complaints as they're incoming, that they're both on there. So in time, you see on the front end, as they come in, you might want to raise an objection or make a recommendation, or if you want to change the procedures where it's something that, as you see it come in, if, there's enough, if there are enough uh, commission members of the same mind that the commission vote on sending a given complaint straight away to the independent evaluator. 
So we could bring the log back with um, the city clerk's recommendation on, on, and then you could say yes or no. Um, I just don't want to hold on to, like one of these, um, I received it on the 22nd and, and dismissed it on the 24th. Um, so the procedures state that I have certain timelines to respond to folks. Um, and of course I try to respond as soon as I can. Um, in some instances, I do reach out to an attorney I, or I do an, reach out to the independent evaluator to say, is there any gray area here that I didn't see? But obviously, because we only meet once a month and not even every month, that would mean that, that we couldn't meet those deadlines. And we may want to take a deeper dive into complaints received um, and categorize those because there are, there are quite a few that are very clear that it, ha does, it falls clearly outside um, the commission's um, jurisdiction. Um, so I do like put- if, it, if it's a barking dog in the neighbor's correct. yard. Commissioner Gomez. Um, yeah, and I agree with the meeting point. I think uh, we need to be, put, put the people who are working full-time in these areas to make sure that we can be responsive to the community. Um, and I think one other area that could potentially help is maybe we take it off the consent calendar and maybe we put the complaint log on the discussion calendar um, so that way it kind of pushes, nudges us to do a deeper review of the complaint log during it, every meeting. Um, yeah. <coughs> Does anybody else have thoughts on that? Commissioner Yang. Um, so in this case, um, I, I know I know Mindy is going to come in and explain each time, you know, when there's a case open. So we're just listening. Now, we are going to use the judgment to say, well, we feel that this case is not right. Shouldn't we have more information than what's in writing? Is that part, I mean, you know, I know it's a public record, but we cannot look at what's really written, you know? So is actually, there a way to clarify that? Actually, the alleged violation details are the, are the claim itself. Um, I don't include complaint in information. Uh -huh. so I wouldn't tell you that, you know, Mindy Cuppy was the one that complained against that, this. But everything that you put in here is what is in is what the Correct. Yeah, yeah, you do notice like on um, 2023 okay. 003, there's a whiteout um, where the, um, the complainant had included their daughter's name, and oh. so that's redacted. Oh. Okay, thanks for but the clarification. As you look, I didn't bleep anything else out. Yeah. So, okay, so just really quick. Um, I think that we're going to find more often than not that the cases um, are just in being dismissed. Um, I think there are some that we could do a little more work, like to um, Commissioner Gomez's point. So I, I personally would just like to leave the process as is, but maybe we can develop a quicker response to when something comes up um, or maybe in implement something that we can redirect this kind of stuff somehow. No, I'm fine. I, I agree with that. Um, I think that we, 
the, the question of procedures and scope, I think for me, ties more into like our strategic planning conversation that I think we're talking about later uh, on the agenda. Is that right? The priorities and the Your annual report is okay. later on the agenda. Yeah, annual report, um, which is which is talking about like what we're going to work on, because it this all kind of ties into like what is our scope? How do we achieve our scope? Procedures are a way to achieve scope, and and so I think that I'm I'm hoping we can discuss some of that for me at least at, on that other part of the agenda. Um, anything else then on the complaint log? On the, um, is there any way we could get a repeat back of like what our next steps are around that um, in terms of our discussion from Gary and yeah? Would you like me to summarize what I heard? Sure. Yeah. So um, I, I heard that you want to report back um, on items two hundred two three four and 003. Um, and really, um, you'd like me to review where these could be referred and proceed with referring them as appropriate um, and then report back to the commission on what was done, but not to wait um, to get further direction from you. I can work with the city attorney's office to um, find out where the appropriate place to refer these two cases to. Um, we talked a little bit about processes, um, but they're all items that would need to come back to the commission for further discussion. Can, uh, what do folks also think about moving the complaint log off consent? Is that something that is desirable? We could do that, I assume. Sure. And just make it a standing separate agenda item. So are we talking about for this meeting or? For moving forward. I mean, we could always bring it back if it doesn't work for us. But for me, like I'm just coming off of work. It's helpful to be like, okay, these are consent items which we expect not to have major discussion about. And our main role is the complaints around our scope of ethics. So for me, it makes sense for me to like focus in on that as a key discussion area and make sure that I'm reviewing it significantly before meetings and during meetings. So then, so if we're, we're moving it to discussion and we're, we're talking about each line and... I don't think there's an expectation about what we do. It uh, could be discussion over because there's nothing needed, but at least it prompts the opportunity for us to take an, take another look at um, the table. And um, then what happens after that? We could With say the, discussion over. <laughs> We're moving on to the next agenda. So there item. won't be ever a consent for the law. Well, no, it, we might all say, yeah, it's fine, and but it won't, the consent calendar is right now is three separate items that we all put put all together for one vote because they're generally non-controversial the minutes and the two logs if the um, complaint log is potentially controversial we can just make it a separate item and the consent calendar then would just be the meeting minutes and the other log right so we don't we vote on that right Right. So we don't vote on the log. So what we still do. But I hear for this meeting, we're going to leave it on consent. Right. But for future meetings, it was requested that this be a standalone discussion item, mm -hmm. so that um, the recommendation would still be received and file, but it would prompt discussion on current complaints. It's just an administrative so, change. Um, yeah, and then items that are on the consent calendar are deemed non-controversial by staff, okay. um, and so typically the disposition is um, if. 
it was dis dismissed for lack of jurisdiction. If I had referred it to the independent evaluator, it would be on discussion at that point if they came back with a, um, a report. Okay, so when if there is an issue with the calendar and we're having different discussions and something, another conversation comes out of it, another action comes out of one of those, we never go to a, okay, we're voting on the log from May that it's fine. Typically, your recommendation is receive and file. Okay. If I may, I, I would say that it, what uh, Commissioner Gomez is basically suggesting is that we go from it being on the, uh, the consent calendar where it's basically assumed that no commission that there's not a single commissioner that really has anything to say about it uh, and moving that to the discussion calendar where it's assumed that someone on the commission will have something to say about it unless it's that's confirmed otherwise then it might as a practical matter end up with no discussion period but I think um, what's being suggested would be better practice to assume that there might be at least one complaint that the commission member might want to speak upon and don't and that we don't assume otherwise and that we just confirm that there's no discussion that wants to be had and that everybody's had a chance to review and everybody's feels that they have had the complaint log brought to their attention to its fullest and then the commission can find whether or not anyone really wants to speak on that matter okay so just playing this out in my head when the when the agenda comes out what a few days before a week before then you have time to look at it, and then we discuss when we meet. Is that the idea? Or we just straight on discuss when we meet? Um, I mean, we always get the agenda ahead of time and have the opportunity to look at it and to click on each item yeah. when you're online and see what's there. So it's just moving the location of the complaint log from being part of the consent calendar to being on the discussion calendar. And maybe we'll have nothing to discuss about it in, in any given month. We may just say, yeah, it's fine. Uh, you know, we all, we're all good with it, but. It's, it's like I put on a different baseball caps. Like whenever I look at the consent calendar, I put on like a more consent cap where I'm like, oh, okay, we're just, these are just like things that quick review, we're moving forward on it. When we move to discussion, I put on a discussion cap and I'm thinking more strategically, I'm really digging in. So for me, like it helps to have it on a different part of the agenda to know that like this is a key part of our, our role and our scope in the Ethics Commission. This is truly just like an administrative change. There's nothing really that's gonna change in the way you interact with the agenda or the meetings and from what you've been doing now. But I think it will just prompt us a little bit more um, to consider discussing and doing a deeper review than maybe we did before. We may see no change. And especially if we're also changing um, what goes on the complaint log, which would include complaints which you have not yet acted on. Is that part of what we're doing? Um, no, we would need to change our ethics commission procedures oh. if you wanted me to hold on to a complaint and not respond pending your your determination because right now the commission has given me the authority to review a complaint um, and to make a an initial determination um, if it does not fall within the purview of the commission. That way I respond um, as soon as I can and right now the procedures give me 10 days to review those and get back to the complainant. Well, it could be that you still respond but we let's say you get a complaint um, yesterday 
um, but you didn't respond quite yet, it would still be on the complaint log. Um, Actually, we um, post their, your agenda the Thursday prior, the Wednesday prior, um, and it is up to date as of that minute. Okay, so if say there was a complaint that came in that Thursday, but you hadn't yet had the chance to get back get to it, it would still be on there, and then you would just say, "Oh yeah, I, ha I haven't necessarily gotten to it yet." If, no, if I got a complaint between last Wednesday and today, it oh, would sorry, not be no. on this log. I, I mean, before Wednesday. Before Wednesday. If you Correct. Had it on Absolutely. Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Yes. You would put it on the log. And if I didn't have a, if I didn't have time to determine if it would fall under the purview of the commission, it would be listed there. Then I think it's already happening. What you're saying sounds like yeah. It. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So anybody else on the complaint log have anything? So one more question for me. As of now, how many? How? How? how what, what's the timeline? You know, from a point of receipt to finalize or to to give a response. I think the procedures give me ten days. Ten days. So that's. So, Very if, if we are going to put it, yeah. Then even after she's acted, we can still. The commission still has the authority to say, I don't agree with your determination. Yeah, so it's going to be really uh, sometimes, okay. Just think of the timeline. Ten days, and then when we complain, or when we talk about it, that's another, you know. I mean, it would just depend when days, the complaint came in. We, yeah. It could be that we have a commission meeting within those 10 days, but most of the time, <clears throat> it probably won't be, yeah. I would think. As long as we are good with it, yeah. So, Chair, I do have one hand raised online. I know we closed the public comment period, but do you want to take that caller? Sure. Okay, so the person is Amy. Hi there. Uh, I just had a couple of questions regarding uh, topic. Um, I was wondering uh, why the Ethics Commission abdicated responsibility uh, to explore these complaints to an unelected member of the city government. Um, and why there are no ethical procedures to investigate and pursue claims of sexual harassment. Because if you don't investigate and they're true, what use are you? And if you investigate and they're false, now we know the character of an elected official. How are you not wanting to pursue those? <clears throat> I'm done. Thank you for your comments. Sure, I have no more speakers. Okay, thank you for your comments. We are trying, as you may have heard, we're trying to figure out what to do about the, these types of complaints. So stay tuned. Um, on the follow-up blog, if I can move to that, um, there are three items listed for scheduled for today's meeting. One of them was the Ethics Commission postcards, which you have passed out to us, so thank you for those. And then, um, Update on community outreach and agenda item to discuss. Is that going to be part of um, reviewing the annual report? Is that, or is there, should it be a separate, should it have been a separate agenda item? 
So your agenda item for this evening is to discuss your work plan for the upcoming year and as outlined in the staff report, I think we can put in our work plan what you're trying to accomplish, but we still need to really further define if community outreach is your only goal for the upcoming year. Um, at the following meeting, we will then have a discussion to go more in depth, you know, the who, what, where, when, and why, what is, what, what do you, what is community outreach to you, and what does the commission uh, look wanting to do that, but tonight is just the work plan. And so I've proposed community outreach based on um, direction from the chair and vice chair, um, but I don't have any other items on the work plan. So should you tonight add items to that work plan, um, that they might be different priority. So right now I'm targeting to have to your August meeting to discuss community outreach um, and what that means to this commission. Okay, I'm just confused because the only two items on the discussion calendar are the one about um, firms the city attorney may use to perform investigations and then to review our annual report and recommendations. So do these items one and two fit within discussion calendar item five, reviewing the annual report? Only or? item two is part of the annual work plan. Um, and then item one, it says it's scheduled for June, but that's gonna be moved to August. I see. Okay, anybody else? Commissioner Gomez. Um, so for the community outreach component, I had thought that the there was a community outreach manager at the city that was gonna come talk to us because um, we had that subcommittee that was developed that then did, uh, disintegrated um, due to the, there being the community outreach strategy that the city of Sacramento was moving forward on. And so my understanding from the last meeting was that the, I believe the community outreach manager was being invited to come to uh, this ethics commission meeting to give us an update that would help inform our approach and role within community outreach as it relates to the work that the city is doing. So there isn't a current outreach being done by our community engagement manager for commissions in general. Um, and so based on your annual work plan, we'll then need to determine what's priorities for you. If it's community outreach, then that will come back to the August meeting. Um, if you determine tonight that there's a different priority on your annual report, um, it, this might be bumped to the following meeting. You know, if you have another um, project or priority that you want to put in your annual work plan. So we're not discussing community outreach ton tonight. We're only discussing your annual work plan and if you want community outreach to be an, out an objective for next year. Okay, anybody else have anything? So do we want to approve the consent calendar? I don't. I will move to accept the consent calendar. Is that the right motion? To accept and file. Um. Yeah, I guess. So. Yeah. So you're. That's a motion to adopt the consent calendar. Second. <laughs> okay. So we have a motion by Commissioner Adams and a second by Commissioner Ng. We can just do a voice vote. All in favor? Aye. Aye. And this is for the follow-up log and the meeting minutes? It's for all three. The, the minutes. Oh, the okay. So the next one, we're, okay. Very, still very confused. Okay. Aye. Aye. Okay. <laughs> I think we got a, a unanimous aye vote on that. Yes, we did. Great. Okay. 
Now we're going to proceed to the discussion calendar. So item four is a discussion of firms that the city attorney may use to perform investigations. Is there a staff presentation on this or just the list? I don't believe there's a staff presentation. I, I can give you a little bit of background. Um, I'm not the primary on dealing with the firms, but we do have a um, human resources subcomponent of um, this. This microphone. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I should probably speak into it. Oh. The, it's over here. G Gary Lindsay, um, general counsel for the commission, also with the uh, city attorney's office. I w this is the updated list. Um, the with there is a uh, there are two attorneys within the city attorney's office who primarily handle human resources related issues, um, and within that, this is the list of the firms that we currently have that do investigations. Both would be of um, in relation to council members and other uh, members of the city, say in the terms of employees and so on. Um, that we were as far as retaining outside counsel to do those investigations. So how did this list get compiled? There, um, the typically the attorneys who are involved in HR, one of them is Brett Witter, the other is Kathleen Rogan. Um, now reach out to different firms to do investigations over the years. There have been several firms that there becomes a history of doing investigations and then those that are seem to have done satisfactory investigations, get retained and repeatedly contacted in the future to do investigations and so on. Commissioner Gomez, is your hand up? Yes. yes. Okay. Um, th thanks for providing this information. I, I find that I'm not able to provide any feedback with this level of information in terms of like how they were chosen, um, if there are any sort of like considerations or criteria or rubric that the city uses to ensure that the firms are meeting certain standards um, or are, don't have a conflict of interest or do with the city. Um, so I, I just can't provide any discussion or input without um, some additional context around um, this. Commissioner Adams. I know I often get up here and start with when we first looked at this, and I'm going to unfortunately do that again today. Um, and I, you know, recognize that you have different colleagues who are in charge of it. So this may be something that you know we may want to have them come back and speak to us at a, a different meeting. Um, but when we, when the commission was first coming together and we had our first opportunity to weigh in. We were given a lot more information about the firms. Um, we were able to provide feedback of other firms that um, that the, the the city may reach out to, may want to re reach out to. Also, um, discuss different elements that are important to ensure is um, added to the added to the way that the count that the city brings on firms, so looking at things like uh, geography. There were, I remember in the first, with the first round of looking at things, there were firms that were not part, part of Sacramento. Um, so, you know, making sure that there is geography represented, diversity reflective of the city and other elements. I'm curious if that is something that went into it this 
time around, and also if there are more opportunities to sort of re-earth what was done, or, you know, the, the first time around with the commission where we actually had more information and could have the dialogue on, on each individual um, firm and how the decisions were being made. Um, actually, if you could, I think maybe this is a matter that we could continue after I get more we can't, I can't hear you if you're Sorry. not speaking. I, said, I was going to suggest maybe this is a matter that we could continue and that um, I could provide you with more information, even though I'm not the lead. I could um, field your questions, your concerns, that sort of thing, and bring back the information to you that you're interested in. I would like that. Commissioner Velasquez. Uh, I just want to piggyback on Commissioner um, Gomez and Adams um, that that this list, of course, is free of, of nepotism or conflict of interest, economic conflict of interest, or any kind of conflict, and that um, they are representative ge geographically, locally, um, and uh, just because of the nature of our own commission, uh, I wouldn't want to receive a complaint, whether it was legitimate or not, or within our scope or not, um, that would have any of anyone um, represented under these firms. Yeah, I would be interested to know which ones are in Sacramento. I know our independent evaluator is not in Sacramento, but it would be great to have some outside firms to make sure we had some that were in Sacramento. And also the makeup of the firms um, in terms of diversity um, by gender and by race and whatever other factors there might be. Because yeah, looking at this list of names, I can't, I can't form an opinion about any of them without more information. Um, I just want to plus one that, and it was really helpful to hear the background and kind of like what the commission has done before in regards to this issue area. And I uh, just want to reiterate the components that uh, Commissioner Adams noted around race, gender, geography. That would give a really good sense. In addition to any like existing areas of, of conflict of interest, ethics, et cetera, that are already included in the process. Um, a description of that would help us get a sense of what we're doing here, and we can be sure to review it in advance. Mayor Adams. And then the one final thing I have is, uh, you know, I definitely want to ensure that we are actually looking at this annually. Um, you know, having, I'm in now my second term, and this is only my second time looking at it. So if we can have it more ongoing, um, particularly as the commission grows and evolves and is around longer, that it's something that's more routine for the, the commission to do. Point. Commissioner Gomez. One last thing. Uh, if there could also be a description, um, Gary, around how they reach out, like what what is their criteria for or process for finding firms to begin with? Because um, our, our pool is only ever as good as our outreach. Um, and so I'm curious about that. If it is just like, oh, have you heard of this firm? Then it ends up being just kind of like the same same old folks. And then within the uh, firms that are listed, what is the process for referral? Does it just go to one and then it goes down the list to the next one? Or is there a certain qualified list of eligible firms? And, and 
you know, is that a pool or how, how does that process work? So are, are you thinking, Mr. Lindsay, that you will be able to come back to our next meeting with, with yes. all this information that you're requesting? Yes. Which is August, yeah. Chair, I have one hand raised to make public comment. Okay, great. Looks like they took their hand down. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you, was there any public comment? There's no public comment. Does anybody else um, among the commissioners have comment? Okay, so this is not something we can vote on at this point. It's being put over to the next meeting. Correct. All right. So item number five is the review of the Draft Ethics Commission annual report and the recommendations which are carried over from 2018. Um, is there any, any public comment on this item five? I have one hand raised to make comment on this. Okay. Call in user three if you'll unmute. Yes, this is Lambert, and I, I'm i trying to, I thought there would be a report for me to respond to, but it doesn't sound like a report, so I have to study it, which is kind of disadvantageous because somebody should have given a report to the public. So I can't make a comment because I haven't read it. I just thought I was going to hear a comment, I mean a uh, report. It was attached to the agenda that went out last week. So I'm, I'm sorry if you didn't get a chance to look at it. Um, okay, any, no, you have no more public comment? That's correct, I have no more speakers. Okay. Any commissioners want to speak about the draft annual report commissioner gomez um so i kind of see this as two separate areas but um let me know if that's not right which is one we have a report that we need to go up to council or to law and ledge or to someone <laughs> um and so we need to finalize our recommend like our, our comments on that but then it's there's sort of like a second piece to this conversation Tell me, let me know if this that's right, Clerk Cuffey, is um, that we're discussing sort of our, our like thoughts on what we're going to work on. Are those two separate things we're discussing in here? Correct. It's your last meeting. Um, we presented to you the draft annual report, and that included um, what you've done over the past year and what you'd want to accomplish in the upcoming year. At that time, Commissioner Adams asked that we bring back past recommendations and also present those to the PNPE committee. So those are being brought forward separately um, so that we don't hold up that annual report process. Um, and they are past recommendations, which some of you were not on the commission when those were made. Um, so that may, there may be further discussion in regards to those recommendations. Um, and I don't know if commissioners want to review um, a couple of the items we've staff has responded to in the past. Um, but in talking um, with Commissioner Adams, she still wanted to move those forward. 
Um, I know subpoena power, we've, we've um, at least twice um, spoken to this commission as staff saying that this needs to go to a vote of the people. Um, and so that's, if you still want to move that forward to the council as a recommendation of the commission, we can. Um, hearing officer, um, I think we've presented on that in the past, and if you wanted to re review past meetings, um, we could have that conversation again. But basically, this is the hearing officer. Um, this is the body. If you wanted to delegate that further, we'd have to have the city attorney's office look into it. Um, in our response, in staff's response to education, training, and policy, um, we believe that you are involved in education. Um, and so we do bring, um, and I've presented to you a couple times on what I what we've created to orient other commissioners um, and then look for your feedback on those. So I typically, I know when, when we did our commissioner handbook, you, um, this body was the first one to get to see that draft. Um, and I ask you for feedback on what did we miss. Uh, thank you. Um, so in terms of the report itself, um, uh, it would it's really long, which is great um, in terms of being comprehensive and providing you know resources for folks. But in terms of uh, making sure that we have like the one pager of what our like bullet, what did we do, and what are our recommendations, I I would propose that we have that at the top. Um, and so I see like on page, well on mine on my phone it's page nine of sixty one. We have the Sacramento Ethics Commission twenty eighteen recommendations. And then I see on another page, on page eight, we have the highlights and accomplishments. So I, ideally, we'd have our like highlights and accomplishments, and then our recommendation. Like, what are we asking for? What do we want them to move forward for? And that's like at the top. So if they read nothing else of our report, that it's like we want this um, at the top. That would be something I would. Yeah. Your, an, your annual report is only six pages, right. um, and so this is a format that was approved by the PNPE committee, the Personnel and Public Employees Committee, okay. and that they've asked that all commissions attempt to follow the same format. Okay. Um, and okay. so your highlights accomplishments are on page six, and then page your five. page five, and then your projects and priorities for consideration Around are on page, page six. six. Um, the only updates that were made were projects um, for the upcoming period. So this is the same report that you saw at your last meeting. Yeah, I like the way you did this um, projects, priorities, and objectives for consideration with why, how, what, who, and when. That's new, I think. That's correct. And That's the only section that was really, yeah. really updated. Some of the numbers and resources was updated. Um, but the big changes are in that section, and that's really where we need feedback from the commission on what do you want to work on next year. Is it community outreach, or is there another um, topic or subject that you really want to dive into? But I, yeah, I know. I, I'm just still responding to you because I realize looking at it on your phone, you don't, it doesn't look the same as when you look at it on a computer. I think that's, that might make it more difficult because you have little tiny pages. So page, there's just two pages in the actual document that I think we're looking at, which is page five and page six. And then separately, there's the recommendations from 2018, which were approved by the commission. And admittedly, it was, a, you know, Three of us were on it then, and two of you were not, but it's still an action that was taken by the commission. And so I think even when the 
personnel of the commission changes, it doesn't undo what the commission has done in the past. Like, you know, a court, when, the, when a new judge comes in, it doesn't undo, usually, what the old judge did. Anyway, Commissioner Adams. Um, regarding the report itself on page five of six, the final bullet point, I uh, just would suggest putting an estimated timeline for when uh, the uh, for when your office and the attorney's office will be moving the updates forward, um, just to have something that we can look back on to see, okay, it happened, and you know, at this time, per the the report. Um, that's all I have regarding the report, but I did want to address the recommendation. So just, again, some historical background. Um, these were recommendations that the original seating of the commission came up with. A lot of it was based on the review of other ethics commissions um, and seeing how we can help move it forward in a way that would be reflective of the type of work that we wanted to do. Um, and as um, Mindy mentioned, there's a lot of uh, feedback that city staff has provided on these. I would say there are two defining differences that come to mind in thinking about what staff had provided during previous meetings on these and what we want to accomplish. Um, so one notably is City staff looked at these in terms of what city staff can currently do to move these forward. But what these recommendations are asking is for the city council to change either the city code or the city charter to expand what we are doing or to change what we're doing. So, you know, while I appreciate, you know, the, the insight on what staff can do, I think there's still a need to seek the council to move forward with what they can do, whether it is something that they can do by vote or something that may need to go out to voters um, because of the important nature of having, having, for instance, independence in staffing, having the commission being able to operate without necessarily knowing that the people who are in charge of what we're doing are also the people that we could review. Um, with subpoena power, for instance, um, being able to, again, not necessarily have to rely on people who may be, you know, privy to the investigations being the ones to, to approve it. So, you know, the one thing that we are looking to do is have that change in either city, um, city code or city charter, and each of the recommendations outline what, you know, what would need to be done in that regard. Um, I would say the second difference is this, these recommendations went before the city council um, in, the consent calendar, and as we just had a discussion about the consent calendar being things that you know may not necessarily be discussed um, during the meeting in which these went before, because it was consent calendar only for ethics commissioners who attended the meeting to help present on it, we were effectively given public speaking time, so we had two minutes to say, yes, these are our recommendations, please read them and, and you know, consider them. Whether or not that happened is you know, anyone's guess, so I think having this go now in the new direction where it's going to PMPE will hopefully have more of an opportunity to have the city really consider these. Um, and I'll also note that there have, uh, there's also been a drastic change in city council members um, from whenever these initially were made in our 2018 report to now. So there you know, would just be new eyes looking at these and considering these. Um, 
I can go through and discuss, you know, some of the, the notes that I wrote for each of the recommendations. I'm not sure if that would be necessary, but I'm happy to. Um, for those of you who weren't part of uh, those initial conversations, I personally think that these that all of, all of these should still stand. Um, and then I would also like to follow up on the conversation we had at the beginning of the meeting regarding potentially um, requesting an expansion to the scope of the Ethics Commission. If we can, if we can dive into that a bit more, um, and this could be something in the work plan to see if there would be recommendations either for that we can fit in for this year's report or for next year's recommendation on expanding the scope of the commission, if that is something that we agree we would want to move forward. Commissioner Gomez. Um, yeah, so on Commissioner Adams' last point around the scope, I think that um, it would be great to add into our priorities like working on assessment of scope or I, I don't know what what the phrasing would be to say like I don't have a set of recommendations now but we want to like assess other ethics commissions we want to assess best practice and we want to come to a set of recommendations whether that's on scope which may lead to procedure change etc or it's on other areas but I think that um, you know most of the work around this may happen like outside of meetings where we need to, I know we can't have formal subcommittees anymore, but that there needs to be like assessment done around some of this. I, so I guess my, my proposal would be like to work on the work <laughs> as a, like assess it and do some research as an area of priority for this next year. I also wanna be mindful that I won't be on the commission for another term, so I'm mindful of like not committing the commission to things that I won't necessarily be able to like put elbow grease into. Um, the second piece is I was interviewed for I think it was like an, an auditor's report, and uh, the the summary and the recommendations from that report could be very helpful in determining what we would prioritize. So I'm wondering if there's any timing updates around when we expect to hear about that. I don't have an update from the auditor and when we can expect that. Last time I checked with them, it was going to be spring. I think that's come and passed. So um, I, I don't have an update from them. And I haven't seen a draft report. Mm -hmm. Typically a draft report comes out um, and then it takes a few months to, for the department to respond um, and review. So I'd expect fall timeframe. I'm not sure what you mean about assessing other commissions. Like evaluating them or? Oh, uh, assessing what they do, right? The scope of their work, for example. Because we've done a lot of that over the past four or six years. Um, and in fact, when we got our 2018 recommendations, it was based on what we saw that other commissions did, that, like that most commissions do have subpoena power. Um, or I don't know most, but anyway, there are some commissions that have subpoena power so that if they're doing an investigation, they can subpoena somebody and not just rely on them voluntarily turning over information. You know, and, and um, most commissions have independent budgets. As you'll see, if you read the 2018 recommendations we talk about, we spent significant time reviewing 
procedures and best practices of ethics commissions in the following cities, San Francisco, LA, San Diego, Oakland, San Jose, Riverside. So a lot of time was put into that and because we were new then and they were already established and that was where these ideas came from. So, I mean, I don't know how much more assessing you would want to do of what yeah. other and I would love to like build off of the work. I don't know if there's existing resources that current ethics commissioners can review around like the research that you did do. So that way we can get up to speed on like what has already been done. That would be really helpful. I just know from my experience on the lobbying ad hoc, um, we reviewed the work of other jurisdictions and that led to some recommendations to the city council. And in our work with that and working with the League of Women Voters and Nick Hydorn, whatever he was or wasn't formally representing. Common cause, maybe. I think no. he was maybe um, that you know they had some ideas right on areas of our scope um, that might be considered, and uh, that was sort of like outside of the lobbying ad hoc, but was something that I thought might fit nicely into a review of like our strategic planning process. So it's possible that it's stuff that you are already looked at. I, I haven't reviewed those materials, so I can't say whether what the League of Women Voters and others were indicating is, is work that's already been done. Anyone has notes on this, I would bet that it's Commissioner Adams. <laughs> no? If I have notes, they're on some computer that probably is long gone, but I'm, I'm um, definitely up for looking at, just, you know, that was about five years ago, so so much has changed. You know, we've gone through a pandemic and a recession, you know, so there's there's bound to be other things that have changed. So um, I can definitely look to see where my notes may be, but I, I would be on board um, for a future meeting to, you know, look in my, you know, personal time at, at some of other commissions and see what we may want to, to borrow and, and tease out. Um, and then I would just, this is very administrative, but I personally, I know these are 2018 recommendations, but I personally would like to not necessarily phrase it that way. Um, you know, these are recommendations that we are putting forward again. Um, so to um, either change the title to Sacramento Ethics Commission 2023 recommendations or something that illustrates the fact that, you know, although we have considered these in the past, they are still very much recommendations that we're moving forward today. Um, and then with the change, also updating the footer um, so that it reflects 2023. Great idea. Okay, anybody else? Do we, do we want to talk about whether we're happy with the projects, priorities, and objectives on page six. I mean, it's couched in the form of questions, but I, I don't have a problem with that personally. It says the commission will be deliberating and further define goals. Um, I don't know if, the, if we want to submit it to PNPE this way or not. Commissioner Gomez. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, I see that the, I, my understanding of how this is laid out is those are ways to think through the community outreach and engagement um, priority area. And so, is that right, um, Clerk Cubby? 
That's correct. Okay. So the why, what would they, they would apply to any area we define as a priority. Um, so I guess the, I, I see the question as, is community engagement and outreach our one priority area? My proposal would be that we add, like, review best practice, whatever the verbiage is going to be to say we're going to review um, opportunities for improvement or review scope or research, which would allow us to have on subsequent agendas, hey, you know, Deanna and I took a look at what San Francisco is doing. They are reviewing sexual harassment complaints in San Francisco because they also found that. So we want to discuss that. I, I would like an area where we can do research, have it as a priority, bring it back so we can discuss it formally and make recommendations. Commissioner Ng? Yes. Um, you know, to the to our 23, 24 projects of outreach, you know, and, and I know looking at our report, and we got a lot of, uh, you know, like several complaints about council, council, council members. Okay, but I'm not sure, you know, our role is also over provide oversight to boards and commissions okay appointed officials so i'm not sure if any of those appointed officials like us is aware of our existence so really you know we suggest that we look into it and and develop a uh, a plan to reach out to them to do our outreach okay Okay, so are we going to try to answer these questions? That, that wasn't the intent. Okay. It was for yeah. you to answer those, and, and I probably would advocate for not having those in your report, um, but it was something to think about and to spur the conversation. Oh. Mm -hmm. um, but really your goal is it should be succinct, um, you know, to expand community engagement and outreach, which, um, as Commissioner Ng just mentioned, that would include um, internal customers. So right. your um, So your internal... Um, folks that you have the potential to receive complaints against. Um, I would anticipate at our next meeting when we dive deeper into what what is this, um, who is it, um, you know, who is your target audience? Is it um, elected? Is it the appointed um, commissioners? Um, it could actually be, um, I think, in 2024, we'll have a pretty robust election. So is that candidates for off office mm -hmm. that we really need to outreach to? That might be a priority. But once we, um, the, the um, conversation tonight is really not the content of community outreach, it's to define what your goal is for the upcoming year. And if that's community outreach, then we'll dive deeper into the who, what, when, where um, um, at our next meeting to really talk about, you know, who, what are your priorities? Um, really what we need to accomplish is it, creating marketing materials. Uh, we've talked about doing PowerPoints um, for you to present at neighborhood meetings. Um, I might advocate for that being a video that you guys have on a thumb drive and you could then um, outreach to community. But again, that's not the content of this agenda item, so I don't wanna go too far. Our attorney will, will slow me down. Um, but when we, when we dive into what is, what is community engagement, those are some of the questions we want to answer. Um, probably need to talk about if We've, we have talked in the past about attending neighborhood association meetings. 
okay, so um, how many do you want to attend a month? Do you want me to advertise and you guys all do three a month? Um, or is that something that we really need to talk about capacity? Is it, you know, I want to do it once a quarter or, you know, I'd love to once a week be out there in the community talking to neighborhood associations. So that's something when we get into what is um, the, the focus of community outreach, we'll talk more about that. Um, Commissioner Gomez. Oh, it was mine. Thank you. Um, so the community outreach and engagement, and just want to clarify, can we also add um, review and recommend best practices as a second priority if the commission uh, feels that way? And also, I would add, do we want community outreach and engagement as a priority? So I, I feel like it's kind of been on there for a while, but I would encourage us to consider, like, what is the priority that we want to have? I feel really time. strongly about that, that how we've been in existence for five or six years, and it's still the case that most people don't even know we exist. And we need to get our, our names out there. I mean, not our individual names, but our, the fact that the commission is out there and is available for people to submit complaints to. Now, now that you've said that, oh, sorry, thank you. And now that you've said that and um, you mentioned priority, maybe the way to go about this is find out more on what our scope is and if we can respond to complaints that don't fall under our jurisdiction, what's the safest way to respond without, with guiding them without having suffering any backlash for not knowing exactly who they should talk to? Because before we go out and talk to the community about, hey, contact us, oh wait, that's not us. Maybe we should hone in on that first before we go out, get a better idea of what our limitations are um, and how to redirect people when we go out and talk to people um, before we go out there. I was going to actually raise a similar sentiment, but a little bit different. Um, we can have more than one priority. So I think all three of them, and we can, you know, um, figure out sequencing on, on when we, we do um, those three, but I, I think all three of them should be um, priorities that we set. What are the three that you're saying? Community outreach, um, assessing what other best, best practices, practices, and figuring out a way to respond to the complaint. And I'm not going to phrase it the way you had, but the similar sentiments. But um, being if being figure bleh, start over, figuring out a way to respond to complaints where there is not jurisdiction, but we're not sort of sending people away with with nothing. So, Commissioner Gomez, what when you mentioned processes, anything in particular you just wanted to compare the whole thing? Um, I think that uh, upon uh, assessment of any best practices that we want to consider, it may have implications for process. So, but, okay, so you mean the whole overall process, not anything in particular? Not anything. You want to see how they do? Okay. I, I don't want to tie anything because it's like I don't know what we're going to learn. Right. Right, and it, I don't know what it is okay. going to have impacts on. Okay. So what do we need to do 
with this report in order to make it ready to send to PNPE. So um, one feedback I probably need to, um, the one through five, are you okay with me removing those? Those were really to start the conversation here or I can leave them um, and change them to, you know, why, how, what for each um, priority. What I heard is community engagement and outreach is a priority, review and recommend best practices from other ethics commissions, and the process for commissions to respond to complaints not under the commission's jurisdiction. Right, so I don't, know, I don't know if we wanna have a why, how, what, who, or when for all of those or not. I'm, I'm not sure you, you do need that. I think yeah. I would put that in there. I, I actually met with the chair and vice chair this week to say, okay, what, what do you want me to do? And this was just to start that conversation. That was just a brainstorming technique. Okay. So we will need to get another draft of this at the next meeting. If you're comfortable, um, I'd be happy to bring it back to the next meeting um, to further define those if you wish to, or you could give me direction to remove one through five um, and then add those other two priorities, but I'd be happy to revise it and bring it back to your next meeting for deliberation. It doesn't mean we can't start working on those things. Okay. Would having you bring it back to our next meeting in August, would it impact the timeline of getting it to P? I would probably say not likely. Um, we'll meet at the end of August, I think the 28th. Um, the PNPE meeting, I believe, is the 15th or the 12th, one of those. Um, and I already have three hours worth of PNP um, agenda items for the one hour meeting. So it's likely this wouldn't make it onto that agenda anyway. So I'm confident that we're not going to delay the process by bringing this back to you. So is there anything else we want to do now on this agenda item? So at this point, does somebody make a motion to put those three things on there in replacement of one through five? Or do we, I don't know, do we need a motion for that? You, I don't feel you need a motion. The attorney can correct me as wrong if I'm wrong, but um, I believe the direction is to move this to the um, next meeting and incorporate okay. direction from the commission. You're, you're not appro you're not motion. approving, correct? You're just that's correct. We're still not approving draft it this time. It's still a draft, right. but okay. we're Good we're enough. giving her um, additional things we want her to put in there and to take out the one through five. But. Right. So your current um, motion was review, um, amend, um, and it would be passing a motion. But we're not going to pass the motion at this time. So really, you just reviewed and you provide direction to me. And then we're going to continue to the next item. Would you prefer I have a motion to continue to the next meeting? For the clear. We can do that just, I don't think sure. you really need, but you, so, you could do that just in case. So if I can have a, mo a motion to receive direction from the commission and bring it back to the next meeting um, with those with that direction incorporated into the draft report. I first uh, the motion. I don't know how, what, uh, what's the language. I first the motion. I, I captain. Make the motion. I make, make a motion. motion. And then I'll need a second. I'll second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Great. That's unanimous. Okay, the next item is commissioner comments, ideas, and questions. Are there any commissioners who wish to speak? I have something to say. No, I do have a question. Um, uh, Clerk Mindy, I think the last meeting there was a discussion on um, chair's term and whether if she came in 
at not the beginning of a term, so whether she really is being termed out in January. And then I looked at my name online, and it maybe I'm reading this wrong. It looked like I didn't come in at the beginning of a term. Maybe I came in. Yeah, can you we? Were, you were filling an unexpired right. term of or commission. something because the, the dates to me look funky. So do you have any information on on that? I don't have that off the top of my head. Mr. Bredberg might. Um, but if it's in, in regards to your term, we can follow up with you offline or after this meeting. Okay. I think Commissioner Velasquez was filling the unexpired term of Emlyn. If Rodriguez. I recall, if so I recall correctly, only a couple of years left. Can, can you can you tell me if I'm even reading this right? Because that will answer it too. Because I maybe I'm making this up because I think it reads way way one way when it really Your doesn't. Your term expires at the end of this year. Because it's okay. Seat C. Um, no. Term seat date 2020. I'd be happy to pull it up after the meeting. Okay. And we can look at your okay. specific example if you'd like. Okay. okay. Commissioner Gomez, you have something. Um, similar question. Um, term up, and how can I support, if, if anything, around making sure that there's um, sufficient like recruitment or is that a set process that we don't get involved with? Um, so uh, you did notify us that you weren't going to be returning. A resignation letter would be appropriate. If you want to email that to me, then we can open up the recruitment. Um, an email is sufficient, of course. We can open up that recruitment. Your term expires at the end of this year. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Jacob. Um, correct. Thank you. Um, so her term expires at the end of the year. We typically would then open up because it's a PNP appointment. We would probably open it in September. Um, but if you could then let folks know in your circles that the recruitment's open, um, we typically let the full commission know that we're recruiting, um, and then you can share that with your circles. Um, I would I would disagree with the idea that she should submit a resignation letter. She's not resigning. She's filling out her term. She's just not running for another term. However, I would not open the recruitment um, until the month before unless I knew for sure that she wasn't going to be um, re requesting okay. another so term. She, she should send you a letter saying that if she's she definitely not going to apply for another term. Correct. But she's not resigning. That's correct. As long as she lets me know that she does not intend on a, a applying for another term, then we can act differently. Otherwise, I need to wait till her term expires. We typically open it up um, in time for the incumbent and others to apply, um, but it helps us for the planning phases so that we know um, that we need to fill that by January. Um, and in fact, I need to know too, my first term was only a two-year term because when the commission was created, some terms Three seats had two-year terms, and the other two had four-year terms in order to make it be staggered. So I'll follow up. We will follow up with each commissioner individually what your current term is and what you can expect. Okay. You were just so will be two years. Two more years. Two more years. So Even the end of June. Uh, all right. So. I have a, another item that yeah. I want to talk about, which is about the calendar. Um, and I regret that I didn't realize this back at the beginning of the year when we were approving the calendar for the whole year. But the September meeting is scheduled for September 25th. 
which is Yom Kippur, which is the holiest day in the entire year in the Jewish calendar. Um, so I would not be able to be here. Anybody in Sacramento who is Jewish would not be able to attend the meeting. Um, I think it would be a very bad thing to have a meeting on that date. Um, this isn't a matter of substance, it's a scheduling issue. So I, it doesn't seem to me that we need to wait and put it on the agenda for our next meeting. Although I'll, so I'll, I'll defer to the city attorney on that, especially since our next meeting isn't until August and we're talking about the September meeting. So I'm requesting that the clerk see if there's any other possible date to have the September meeting and then run it by the commissioner. So I did look at the calendar to see if there was another date we could move to, and at this time I don't have an alternate date to move to, so the best recommendation would be to cancel the September meeting and then let the commissioners know we can expect a longer August meeting and then maybe um, a longer October meeting so that we can get business done. So that's up to um, your colleagues. Um, I think it would be you know, advantageous and I completely support if we want to cancel that meeting, we can do that proactively. I know um, Commissioner Ng is coming back from, from being out of town the day before. Um, so if we wanted to proactively get this date off your calendars, we can go ahead and do that. And then should um, another commission cancel a meeting, I might have another evening that we could pencil in, but really it relies on another commission canceling their September meeting, mm -hmm. which I won't know until probably a week out. Because there's no evening there are There's absolutely no, meeting. no meetings that are open in chambers. Um, as you know, we, we had to be across the hall um, last last meeting, um, and so we would have to do double duty, and that's double staffing. Um, so it's, it's quite a challenge. That was kind of going to be my ask of can we go, if it's a, it's a facility issue, then can we just go across the way? Both a facility and staffing issue. Would we not have a quorum if, if you weren't here? We only need three for a quorum. So you could still have the meeting without me. I just, I've never missed a meeting and I hate to miss one. We don't have the desire right now. Right? That's correct. Um, and I'd be happy to put that on our calendar for to have a discussion item in August. Um, and I might know more by then if there's an available date or time that might work. Okay. All right, any other commissioner comments on any issue? No? All right, the last item is public comments. Matters not on the agenda. Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak? I do have two hands raised. The first is Amy. Hi there, I wanted to bring up the case of Holly Porter, who is an unhoused resident of Camp Resolution who was guaranteed housing 45 days from March 24, 2023, per lease agreement with the city. After 100 days, there has been no movement. Um, so far, they are waiting for the SHRA to do a final inspection, and they are coming up to 102 to 104 degree weather at this weekend. And is it not ethical for the city to, you know, follow through on its guarantees? So caller, if I may, this I, is I, not a topic that's under the purview of the Ethics Commission. I might encourage you to call in tomorrow during our city council meetings. Oh, I plan to do both, but this is public comment for things not on the agenda, yes? 
and it's an ethical matter for the city to honor its agreements, yes? We don't deal with contracts, though. Yeah, this is that's not an item that's under the purview of the Ethics Commission. I think we should just let them provide their comment, yeah, even if it's not about our scope, if they feel that this is a place they want to be heard. Do you, do you have anything? That would be it. Thank oh, that's you. It. Next speaker is Lambert Davis. Mr. Davis. Yes, this is, yes, this is Lambert, and I, I saw something Sunday, and I consider it ethical. It, it talked about someone, which I brought up many times, about my feelings about remote workers, uh, taking advantage of that, and it was unethical. And what I mean by that is what was on the front page of the Sacramento Bee. Shout out to the Sacramento Bee. True journalism on this one. It showed where someone in the fire department was uh, doing what I talked about, uh, working remotely but not doing their job. They were in Rockland doing something with their business. And I'm so glad whoever caught that because that's taking advantage of COVID. And I'm a big fan that if a person works for the city remotely, they shouldn't get paid if they're working in another state because that's taking advantage of COVID and it's unethical. So that was a tremendous uh, exposure Sunday, those of you who didn't see it. And that was a wonderful job by the city of terminating that person because he was an example of abusing COVID. I read a report where some people at Sacramento City Hall are working remotely in other states. That's a ground for termination. You should be, if you're getting a check from Sacramento, you should be living somewhere in this state preferably where you lived before COVID hit, unless you moved. So great job on whoever handled that uh, bombshell, because that's an ethical issue. Thank you. Chair, I have no more speakers. Okay. Um, I think this concludes today's agenda. Thank you, everyone, for your participation. It's now 7.13 p.m. The meeting is adjourned.